What's up, folks? Welcome to the Whoop Podcast. I'm your host, Will Ahmed, founder and CEO of Whoop, where we are on a mission to unlock human performance. We got a hell of a guest today, the face of the NFL. We're going to get to him in half a second. First, I want to remind you, you can get on Whoop if you use the code Will Ahmed, W-I-L-L-A-H-M-E-D, 15% off a Whoop membership. That includes hardware, software, analytics, and it's designed to help you improve your health. Measure sleep, measure recovery, measure strain, just like the world's best athletes and just like everyday consumers who are improving their health. Speaking of world-class athletes, we welcome Patrick Mahomes this week to the WHOOP podcast. And we cover a lot of ground on his life, everything about his WHOOP data over the course of the NFL season, and really how he manages the mental side of the game. To my knowledge, this is the first long-form podcast that Patrick Mahomes has ever done. At least I couldn't find one in doing research on him. So I found it pretty fascinating. He talks about how his father's 11-year career in Major League Baseball inspired him to become an athlete, but he himself almost went a completely different direction. He was encouraged to quit football in high school. I don't know how many people even knew that, to focus on baseball and basketball. And he says he didn't even know he was going to pursue football professionally until a year before he was drafted. And now five years later, he's the face of the NFL and undeniably one of the best players. We go deep on Patrick's whoop data. So Patrick was wearing a whoop strap 24-7 all season. He's been a big whoop guy, uh, along with being a whoop investor. And uh, it's been fascinating to look at his whoop data over the course of an NFL season. We break all of that down and talk about it. You can also find it at whoop.com slash the locker. And I really enjoyed the themes we touched on around mindset. You know, Patrick's had enormous success in a short period of time, but he's also had some tough defeats. We talk about visualization, how it's affected his life and how it's made him a great athlete. And we even discuss his business life and what's next in his career. I think it's a fascinating conversation. You can watch the podcast on YouTube. Without further ado, here is Patrick Mahomes. All right, Patrick, welcome to the Whoop Podcast. Yeah, man, I appreciate y'all having me. No, this is exciting. I've been a big fan of your career to date and everything that you've accomplished. It's amazing. Now, I understand your your mother requires that people call you Patrick and not Pat. Is that right? Yeah, it's uh, it's funny. My dad, she says it's Pat and that I'm Patrick. And she said that since I was a little kid. So she, if you want to be on my mom's good side, Patrick's the way to go. I think I've always called you Patrick, so <laughs> I think I'm on the right track. Now, your father, Pat Mahomes professional baseball player, 11 years in the MLB. What was it like for you uh, growing up having a professional athlete as a father? You know, it, it was really cool. I mean, I think now when I look back at it, I have more perspective of how cool it was. Uh, at the time, I was just going to the baseball field, shagging, shagging fly balls in the outfield, hitting the cages and everything like that, and just enjoying life. But as I look back now and see all those different people that I met and all the different great athletes that I got to see every single day, it gives me a perspective of how to be a great athlete and how to go out there and, and make myself better every single day. It seems like there's got to be an advantage in growing up around professional athletes, right? Like it make, in some ways it makes being a pro athlete seem a little bit more accessible. Was that, is that, was that the case for you at all? For sure. I mean, I think that's one part of it is I, I grew up and that, that's, I've always envisioned that I was going to be a professional athlete. And I, I thought that was the way I was going to go and not really having a backup plan. Like that was how I was going to spend my life. But at the, And then at the same time, seeing like the great athletes and how hard they work, I think that's where I, I, I really learned the most is 
you can you see guys like Alcherigas and Derek Jeter hit home runs and make all these plays, but you don't see how they put three, four hours every single day before a game just working on the fundamentals. And I think that's what kind of got me to where I'm at, knowing that I have to put in that work if I want to be where I want to be at. Just the consistency and the grind of it, right, and understanding that. Yeah, and I think one thing that always sticks out to me is I remember when I was young, um, my dad used to make me hit off the tee a lot, and whenever I, when I got to like coach pitch and, and regular kid pitch and stuff like that, I, I never wanted to hit off the tee. Well, then I went to when he got in the Rangers, I saw Alex Rodriguez, and he's MVP, doing all this different stuff, and every single day he's hitting off the tee to start off his day, just working on the, the fundamentals, and that just that really stuck with me forever, knowing that you, you get no matter how good you get, you always have to work on those base fundamentals if you want to be great. And that, you know, I've seen that across like every sport that we've worked in, just the consistency like that of doing these simple things. A lot of golfers too. It's really interesting the things they'll do before they even hit a ball. It it, it is, and uh, you don't want to do you don't want to do the little things sometimes. You want to just go out there and play and have fun. Um, but at the end of the day, those little things are what make you uh, so successful, and that's stuff that I, I work on now every single day. Now you envisioned becoming a professional athlete. At what point did? did it register that it was going to be football? Because I understand in high school you almost you almost quit football. Is that true? Yeah, it was. I actually I went on like a little sophomore day or whatever it was at, at the University of Texas, and they had kind of sent me over to play safety, and I, I knew I wasn't going to be a uh, safety or anything like that. Um, and so on the ride back home, uh, my dad said, he's like, you should just focus on baseball and basketball because that, that's the way you're going to go. And I thought about it, and I, I just – more than anything, I just didn't want, I, I didn't want to not be there playing with all my, all my buddies and when they were in football season. And so I just went out there and tried out quarterback. And I didn't think I was going to be a professional quarterback until probably after my sophomore year of college. Oh, wow. I, I actually went in thinking I was going to play football and then I was going to play baseball as well. And then after three years, I was just going to go play baseball. Um, and then after my sophomore year of college, uh, Coach Kingsbury, um, he came up to me. And he was just like, I think if you focus on football uh, for one offseason, that you'll get drafted. And I was like, it sounds good to me. And uh, I focused on it, and the next year I got drafted. It's pretty amazing. I mean, just, I mean, I wonder what happens in your life if, that, if you never have that conversation with your coach. You know, it's like it's interesting just the impact that a few moments along the way can have. Yeah, and, and having people, the right people that can give you that great advice to, that, that won't look down upon whatever decision that you do make. Um, but give you the advice of saying this is where I think you can take a next step or this is where I think you can improve. And you can really take that in and then go and make your own decision and, and end up where you're at. So 2017, you get drafted. What did that moment feel like? Well, also, we're just coming off the NFL draft right now. What did that moment feel like for you? It, it was awesome. Um, when I entered the, the draft process, I'd gotten like a second or third round grade from the draft advisory board, which is usually pretty accurate. Um, and so I kind of just told myself is these next few months, I'm going to put everything I have into to making my body be in the best shape possible, uh, my conditioning, uh, how, the way I eat, everything like that. And I worked, I worked my tail off, and I was able to get drafted in the 10th the pick overall. And so just to make that climb and um, to, to know that all that hard work that I'd put in was, was paying off, it kind of jump-started my career of knowing that that's how I need to work at all times if I want to continue to be successful. Now, were you pissed that nine teams passed on you? Well, you didn't think about it. I didn't think about it at all. I think you look back at stuff like that now, and you, you see yeah. stuff like that. Um, but at the at the time, all I wanted to do was get drafted to a good team and be in a good city. And I got lucky enough that the the Chiefs jumped from twenty seven to ten, and they were already a successful team. 
and, and they were able to get me. And it was the team that I wanted to go to, and I got drafted at uh, the top ten, and I got to go learn from a, a great coach. And so the first year you, you played behind Alex Smith, mm -hmm. he, he had, had great success. You said that it was a good learning experience mm -hmm. for you playing behind him. And then you get your first game at the end of the season. What was that like? What was that moment where you were finally starting an NFL game? I think it was, it was kind of the same as, as the draft night. I think uh, I learned so much behind Alex um, where I was just sitting in that, that room every single day, just taking it as much as possible, preparing like I was going to play. Um, even though I, I got to the game and never got to get in the game, but I was preparing and, and working and doing all this different stuff. And then to get that last game and to go out there and have some success and, and, and then be so much better from the preseason to the end of the season and so much more comfortable, um, it just kind of the same thing. It told me that all that hard work was paying off. All that stuff that I put in every single day was, was, was getting me to where I needed to be at. And uh, I'm thankful for Alex because uh, he was such a good dude and taught me so much even though he didn't have to. Um, and, and it helped me be so much better prepared whenever I got in the football game. You strike me as someone who's, who's very focused on the moment. Like you seem like you're a very present person. Mm -hmm. Is that something you think about? Like, you know, really focusing about what you're doing in this moment? Are you conscious of the fact that you're so present? I think I, think I just try not to let any day or, or moment go to waste. I think that's the biggest thing is I understand that we're not – it's not you don't get to do some of the stuff that I, I've been able to do, and it's not just everybody gets those opportunities. So if I'm going to be in that moment or having that opportunity, I'm going to embrace it and try to get the most out of it. Even when I'm training or doing stuff like that, I know that I need to get this training in and be in this moment because it's going to help me further on down the line and know why I'm doing it, not just here doing it for no reason. Um, so it, it's been it's been cool to be able to enjoy and be in two Super Bowls now, uh, win one, lose one, and just get to see both sides of it now, and then hopefully be able to find a way to work my way back and find a way to get to another one. How much of, of your success as a player have you almost envisioned before it happens? You listen to many great athletes talk about visualizing success, visualizing holding the trophy, visualizing winning certain awards. Is that part of the way you train on the mental side? I, I do for sure. <laughs> That's big for me. Um, it always has been. Um, even night before games, just sitting and thinking about plays in the game, thinking about stuff that can happen in situations. And then if you watch me before a game, like early, like three or four hours before the game, I'm just walking the field and just watching and like visualizing the play happening and throwing the ball to Kelsey or Tyreek and them making the plays happen and then like you said visualizing the success visualizing going out there and, and winning the championships and winning the Super Bowl and being able to embrace those moments when I'm in when I'm in them because I've already seen it happen before so when you visualize it are you almost picturing it through your own eyes or are you seeing yourself in the third person I, I actually I picture it through my own eyes okay so cool. it's almost like I'm there and I'm holding the trophy and I'm looking around and, and seeing all the different people, the, my loved ones, my friends, my family, and just being there with them in that moment. And then, like I said, then whenever you, you it does happen, you can really just enjoy it and you've already seen it happen before and you're not shocked, you're, you're, you're in the moment. I think about it a lot from a business sense and you know, picturing the next stage of a business or the next stage of growth. And the way I think about it personally is you're trying to remember your future mm -hmm. you know like we just you know we did a shoot and I can remember that perfectly mm -hmm. can you think about your future with the same clarity 
And you strike me as someone who's who's able to do that, where you can really picture that moment that's about to happen. Yeah, and I think it's, it's been since I was little, too. I mean, I've always envisioned not, not necessarily being a football player, but being a professional athlete, having a family, being able to kind of bring my family with me, and, and then being able to enjoy all these things together. It's happened so far, and I'm going to try to continue to, to get better and better and, and try to continue to have success. So not only helps out me, but it helps out my family as well. Now, you have this MVP season in 2018, and you lose the AFC championship game to Brady and the Patriots. Brady talks to you after the game. What was that moment like? What did you guys talk about? Yeah, it, it's kind of it's funny. It's, it's the same thing. I mean, you you go through the season, and you put in that work, and, and you, you go and you win a lot of football games. No one expects you to be in that situation. And you, you end up barely losing an AFC championship game to the team that ends up winning the Super Bowl. And uh, for for Tom to come and kind of just it wasn't like he said a lot a lot to me he just kind of said man I, I I appreciate how hard you work I can tell what type of guy that you are by how how you act and how you you uh, you handle yourself out there on the field and I can tell your teammates like you and uh, he just said just continue to do that he goes continue to do that and you'll continue to have success and I think coming from a guy like that who's won seven championships now and, yeah. and had success everywhere he's been at. Um, and people that play with him always love him. It just shows that you're doing stuff the right way. And, and I mean, um, to have that kind of validation, it, it just continues the work and it continues making you every single day go in and, and put in that work because you know that that's what it takes to be at the level that he's at. It must have been a validating moment for you, even though you were you defeated. This recognition that someone, you know, who maybe you're aspiring to track, track mm-hmm. down from mm-hmm. a record standpoint you know, appreciates what you're doing, thinks highly of you. Yeah, 100%. And uh, he's a guy who's done it the right way, and he's he's won a lot, a lot every single year. And like you said, it's that's someone that I'm trying to, to get to. Uh, as my career goes on, I'm looking at all the records and things that he has said, and I'm trying to get to that get to that point. And so it's uh, it, it's definitely validating, obviously not at the time when you when you lose the football game, but when you go to that offseason knowing that you got if you continue to do this, continue to put in that work, that you can have a chance to get to that level at some point. Now, going into the next season, which obviously was an incredible success, you guys won the Super Bowl, were there specific things that you changed about your routine, about your mental preparation going into those, those playoffs? Yeah, I think I do that every year. I, I try to find me and uh, Bobby Stroop, my trainer, we try to find different things that I could get better at. For me, the first thing was nutrition. Um, coming from college where you're kind of just yeah. eating, I mean, I love Chipotle, but eating like Chipotle every day and then like <laughs> trying to find different ways to stay healthy as you possibly can. Uh, to Now I have a chef and all this different type of stuff. We try to find ways to eat healthier. Um, uh, and more of my meals. We try to find ways to train my body to be in certain situations uh, where I can make throws from different arm angles and different places. And then mentally, on the mental side of the game, I try to make sure that I was better there. And I think that was the biggest step that I took is I had that full year of kind of just having that inbox, those files of, of different coverages and defenses that I had seen um, and then going back to that next that next year where we, we went and won the Super Bowl, I could kind of pull from that and see, oh, I, I've seen this look before, and this is what I need to do and do it to to combat it. And uh, that was something that I think helped us out a ton as we made that run in the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's interesting for you. So much of it must be pattern recognition, mm-hmm. right? Of just seeing the same play, seeing the same mm-hmm. players, and recognize them under these super intense moments. And I, I imagine if you can visualize those two beforehand, it's almost like you're getting more and more reps without even having to do them. Yeah, exactly. And I think uh, the, the the good thing and the bad thing about being so 
so successful as offense as we were, as we were was we saw a ton of different defenses. Yeah. A lot of teams threw a lot of different looks at us, a lot of different adjustments. And I think at first it was challenging because you're trying to figure out the ways. But now I've seen so much stuff now that I can pull from that. And there's there's been points of game this last year where I've I've said I've never seen this defense in my first year, and I, I've I've already visualized and seen it. And this is what I need to do to, to have success where I didn't have success that first year with it. Oh, that's amazing. So now, how long have you been on Whoop? I've been on Whoop now for probably a year and a half. I think somewhere in somewhere in that range. Um, it started off with with Bobby. Uh, Bobby, Bobby Drew, my trainer. trainer. My trainer, he, he got me on Whoop because um, he was tracking my sleep, my recovery, making sure I'm not going out and, and, and not sleeping man. all night. Um, and so uh, then as of this last like year, through this last offseason to this offseason, I've really focused in on trying to make my recovery score better, uh, figuring out what makes me sleep better, what makes me recover better, and uh, then, then, then just tracking my strains and how I, how I can kind of combat that with what I'm eating and stuff like that. What are certain things that you've found help from a bedtime routine standpoint? The first one, I mean, obviously the, the simplest one is getting more sleep. I mean, Spending I have more time, I, in, yeah, bed. More time in bed sleeping. Um, and then we've, we've done different things of taking different uh, like magnesium pills and, and different stuff like that to help me get better deep sleep, better REM sleep. Um, and then until I, until the baby, I, w- I was trying to cut down my disturbances as much as possible. So I was I was trying to find ways that I, I wasn't waking up more at, the, in the, at night, uh, making the room a little colder so I can kind of sleep through through stuff like that. Um, and then eating earlier and eating a little healthier usually helps out a little bit. So you shared your your whoop data with us for with this uh, for this, which is totally fascinating. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you some um, some quick hits. So. You're, you're averaging REM sleep 121 a night and slow wave sleep 144. That's that's actually really good, mm-hmm. especially for NFL players. We yeah. see normally lower levels than that, so that means you're getting high-quality sleep every night. In general, Mondays were your lowest re- uh, recovery day. Yeah. So you were averaging like about 45% recovery on Mondays, which makes sense because yeah. you're coming off the game yeah, on Sunday. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, come off the game on Sunday and then your body just – kind of trying to recalibrate and get yourself back. From a strain standpoint, your strain was steadily increasing over the course of the season. So as you started to get into November and December and January, like your average strain was steadily increasing. And it's pretty interesting, this probably won't surprise you, but the more passing attempts that you had, the higher your strain would be. It makes sense. Um, and it makes sense because later in the season, obviously the intensity of the season picks up way, later yeah. in the season. Um, and then, like you said, the pass, which it, I guess you could be running too, but the more passing tempo, obviously you're more focused, you're trying to make something happen. And, I, you know, I scramble some, so that probably helps out on the strain a little bit. For sure. And by the way, your strains on game days are high. So these are we're talking like over 20 strains. So for people listening who don't know what 20 strain is, strains out of 21, mm-hmm. it's exponentially hard to go up it. And a lot of people who will do like their first marathon, for example, get around a 20 strain. Yeah. So the fact that you're getting like a 20.5, you had a 20.7 uh, in, in the Super Bowl, like these are really high strains that, that are hard to recover from. What, what do you do like right after a game to start that recovery process? So right after the game, uh, the biggest thing is I usually get a pretty decent, good-sized meal like right after the game. Even though my drilling's pumping, I try to make sure I eat and do stuff like that. I hang out with my family and just kind of just try to relax and just try to get to sleep as much as possible. The only thing good about Mondays 
um, is I sleep. I get to sleep in a little bit later. Yeah. Uh, instead of where I, usually during the season, I'm waking up from five to five thirty. Which is early. Yeah, I get to I get to wake up more at like nine or eight or nine. I usually can't sleep past eight, but eight or nine. Um, and so that helps out a little bit. Um, and then the next, not even the next day, I try to get in and just move around a little bit and just kind of get my body to kind of flush all that all that bad stuff out of it. And, and that's why I can kind of build myself back up as the week goes on. So your average non-game day strain is 13.9. Mm. So that's like a hard workout pretty much for, for people who are listening to this. And then your average game day strain is 19.3. But as you got into the playoffs, it was consistently over 20. So Mm -hmm. that's like really, really high strain. One thing that's interesting is looking at your heart rate during games. You have your heart rate jacked during the quarters. So like Mm -hmm. first half, second half. But you actually do a very good job having your heart rate drop during halftime. Yeah. What what are you doing during halftime? I think I'm pretty pretty good at just kind of relaxing and just – I'm getting so much info. Like we, they, we'll look at the tablets and look at looks that we got during 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 the first half versus and what we think we're getting the second half. I'll listen to what the coaches say, but I think the biggest thing is I just I'm just relaxed. You're I trying just kinda, to be mindful. I just, I just get back, kind of rest, take in everything that they're telling me, and then kind of re, rebuild myself back up going into that that second half. And I, I think I even do that pretty good on the on the sideline is if you ever look at me on the sideline I'm pretty just calm just sitting there obviously taking all the info in that we're getting um, from the the coaches but at the same time knowing that I'm gonna have to go back out there and and the intensity will have to pick up yeah you've got a great calm way about you on the sidelines actually I've noticed that and I and I bet it rubs off on your teammates too because when they see you go down two touchdowns or go down a touchdown and then the leaders just super calm and then can turn on that fire I think that's terrific yeah it's uh I think it's it's that mindset of it's all you can control is that next play. Like you, like no matter what happened, if it was a good play, the last play, or a bad play, or what the score is, all you can control is that next play that you're having. And I've always had that mindset of no matter what happened, just just focus on that next play. So this is an interesting graph. So this is your strain as it builds over the course of the season. So you can see like September and October, yep. it's lower, yep. and then all of a sudden. Like over the course of the season, I mean, those are big peaks, and these are your two bye weeks. So the two, <laughs> the two bye weeks have these huge drops in strain. That is, that is that is hilarious with the bye weeks. I mean, it, it's it does make so much sense. I mean, as obviously every game is important, but September and October, you're trying to fill it out. You're filling out what what you are as a team. Um, then as you get to November and December, and obviously January and February, you you your intensity picks up because you're trying yeah, to win those football sure. games. The other one that I found pretty interesting is. You had a 91% recovery when you torched the poor Jets, 30, 35 to 9. 91% recovery, you went 31 for 42, 416 yards, 5 TDs, which yeah. was the season high, 144 <laughs> passer rating. Now, when you wake up in the morning, will you look at the recovery the day of the game and, and think about it a little bit? I do, and then Bobby texts me every single t- every single day before and tells me about recovery score. But I do, it's like the first thing I wake up, Try to wait for it to, to kind of get the process, info in, yeah. process the info in, and I try to get the a look at it because I, I want to know how I'm feeling, how my body's feeling, where where I'm at, and usually if it, if I'm feeling pretty relaxed, it's usually a pretty good score. Now, if you see uh, like so, there you had a 91% recovery. You also you had at one point this season a 16% recovery, 18% recovery against the Bills in the AFC Championship game. That I, I, that means I wasn't sleeping well at night. I was I was definitely thinking about everything and. Too much visualizing before the before and uh, too much uh, 
adrenaline pumping. So when you see that in the morning, what do you do so that do, if that doesn't bother you? How do you think about it uh, well, in the context of winning? Yeah, well, well, the good thing about that one is it was a later game, um, so I could kind of I went and got breakfast, um, and then I went back and just kind of laid there for a little bit and just kind of let my body relax. Yeah. Um, Usually when they're, they're earlier games, you want to have a good recovery score for sure. Um, but uh, if, they, if you have a later game, you can kind of get back down, lay down, kind of let your body relax, let your mind relax, and kind of get it off the football game just a little bit and kind of focus in on just kind of getting your body in the best best possible uh, place. I love that. I mean, I, I've heard some folks say, like, oh, well, I'm not sure if I want to look at it because it might affect my psyche. But I think the more advanced way to think about it is I'll know the information, and I, it's not going to change my mindset for winning, mm -hmm. but I'm going to use that information to treat my body appropriately leading up to the game. Yeah, you have to. I mean, your body, I mean, you can, you can do so much with your mind, obviously, but your body, at the end of the day, if it's in prime shape, uh, you can go out there and, and be a, the best you can possibly be at uh, at, at whatever you're doing. So um, you, I always check mine and just try to make sure I know where where I'm at uh, physically and then mentally where I need to prepare myself if I need to do stuff a little bit extra on the mental side or, do, or I'm able to let my body kind of do what it needs to do uh, physically. So 56% recovery for the Super Bowl, that's, you know, pretty solid. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe you'd want to have been green, but I, I doubt that affected your performance. No, it, it was uh, – obviously, I wish I played a little bit better this Super Bowl, but, uh, no, it was uh, – I was ready to go for sure. I mean, I was ready to play. Um, I think being in it the year before prepared me a little bit more. Uh, that first year, you get out there and you're just, you're, you're just everywhere because there's so much going on. Um, but having that experience definitely prepared me to, to be in that game, and uh, you can tell by the, the recovery score, I guess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, you, you've gotten really involved in the business world. It seems mm -hmm. like in the last 12, 18 months, you, you're an investor in Whoop. You've invested in other businesses. Um, how's that side of things for you and sort of growing into uh, being a successful businessman? Yeah, I think the, the biggest thing I've always done is – or what I have done and I will continue to do is just I, I kind of invest in things that I that I'm passionate about and things that I think help help me every single day. So like you said, whoop, uh, I check my whoop every single day. I check my whoop scores. I look at the recovery. I look at the strain. I look at all the different analytics that it has to help prepare my body to be in the best possible shape. Uh, there's other ones like Hyper Ice and and there's there's ones like Bio Steel and there's all the different stuff that I use and that I, I love using. I invest in that because I know that I care about it and I believe in it. Um, and that's something that I that I, I'll continue to do because I don't want to uh, put m my time more than my money, my time into something that I don't really care about. I want it to be stuff that I care about and that I believe in. Yeah, I respect that. And in a way, it seems like the the smartest investment strategy for you too. Because if you use the products and you like them, then there's an authentic sort of story behind it. Yeah, exactly. And then I'm not when I'm when I'm telling people about it. Uh, it's it, it's not like I'm just making stuff up. It, yeah, it's from it, an authentic It's literally place. exactly what I do every single day, and it's what I use, and and it's and it's it's the stuff that I drink or whatever it is. Now um, let's play a quick game. This is the rapid fire. We're gonna play good for football, bad for football. Okay. okay. So so I'll say something, and then you tell me whether you think it's good for football or bad for All football. Right. All right. So um, we'll start with a softball. What do you think of a 43-year-old winning the Super Bowl? It's good for football. It's good for me. It's a good sign, yeah. right? You can play for, for I a long time. for a, a long time. Yeah. yeah, no, for sure. All right, what do you think of the difficulty of onside kicks? It's good for football. I, I believe that, like, if you're at an onside kick, you better, it's a low chance that you, you can get it because you're in a desperate situation. So you feel like you shouldn't be able to come back that easily? No. I mean, 
obviously, if I was on the other side of the equation, I might like it. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, the uh, I, I feel like if, if you put yourself in that situation, you shouldn't have a, a, a higher chance of coming back. All right, here's a fun one. Penalties for excessive celebrations. I think it's bad for football. I think I think the fans want to see people celebrate and, and people – I understand, like, the if they're really taunting someone, but, like, if you're celebrating with your teammates and doing all different type of stuff like that, I think it's it's fine. I think so, too. Some of the more memorable moments in, in football have been these, like, crazy celebrations. Dude, you, you look back at, like, at all time, like, T.O. with the popcorn yeah. and, like, Joe Horn with, the, like, the cell phone. Like, that stuff's iconic, and that's stuff that people love to see. Okay, what do you think of the playoff seedings? So right now you can have teams that have lower records. Oh yeah, oh, I know you're saying. Um, Another way to think about it is you just take you take the top eight teams or whatever. I, 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 I think it's good for football because if you like, well at least for us, yeah. the first thing we talk about is win the AFC West. It's, yeah. That's the first thing. It's not about win the AFC West, win the AFC, win the Super Bowl. And so uh, I, I mean, I think it's good for football. What do you think of 17 game season? Uh, it's gonna be tough on that recovery. It's gonna definitely be. It's gonna be. A, I'll just say it's gonna be a definitely a, a change. It's it's a it's a lot of games on a body. I mean, you gotta think about all the guys that already get injured the late late part of the season. Um, it'll be. I think it's gonna be bad for the the players, but it might be. It might. It'll be good for the money. So I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah wherever you rank that. Uh, okay. How about coaches' challenges? Let's go for football. You think so? Yeah. It's. There's just some calls. I mean, you, you, everyone's human. How do you know in a split second if it's in or out of bounds? So my perspective coming from a technology point of view is that at, at this point there should be like an artificial intelligence layer of software yeah. just sitting on top of instant replay yeah. that, that could get every play right. I've always, I've always thought about the, uh, the old – I feel like the chip in the ball has got to happen at some point where you like – if you cross the line, it just tells you touchdown. Totally. Right, and, and so part of me thinks that the coaching, coaches' challenges and things like that are less about getting it right and more about the drama. Yeah. Of yeah, like, yeah oh, yeah. should they challenge or not challenge? Oh, we got to go to commercial break. But it, it also is like the whole human error thing. It's all about kind of like baseball balls and strikes. Like it's it's just part of the game. Like it, it, like if you if you like the, the biggest thing to me is when they get in the pile and like by the goal line, there's literally no way you could tell if he's in the end zone or not. And like you said, that's just whatever they call it. That's yeah, just what totally. It is. Chipping the ball yeah. and 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 more. I think instant replay software, but I, I'm sure it'll happen soon enough. I think the sport's in pretty good hands with you uh, <laughs> with you at the helm, Patrick. This has been a real pleasure, man. And I we're appreciate still you, man. Whoop, Always, right? man. Yeah, for sure. All right, thanks for coming on. Thanks to Patrick for coming on the Whoop podcast. We're wishing him lots of green recoveries this upcoming NFL season. Reminder, you can use the code WILLAHMED, W-I-L-L-A-H-M-E-D, to get 15% off a WHOOP membership. You can follow us at WHOOP, at Will Ahmed on social media. Stay healthy, folks. Stay in the green.